people can take your stuff. You know, I'm sure somebody's going to take my artwork at some point. You know, it's on Instagram. You know, they could trace it. They could tattoo it. They could try to beat Chimu, you know. But the thing that makes this unique, bro, is that we're creative. I always have something extra in my back pocket because I'm creative. You know, so stealing something, taking something, it's never going to amount to the ideas that I have. Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast YouTube show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to his super interesting, magical, spiritual, creative friends. Woo! <laughs> this week, I got my friend, El Chibu. Yeah. He's joining us here all the way to Tarapoto, Peru. We're about to enter the jungle to do a nice art and medicine retreat but before that i wanted to interview him for for my show so how are you doing my brother good good Aquí estamos. i'm chilling i'm feeling really good thank you for having me out here i'm uh, super grateful super blessed to see you again um it's your birthday coming up so i'm really excited to spend your birthday with you and i, I wouldn't have wanted to do this any other way so thank you for having me on your show thank you man. thank you for joining me yeah. for you for years we've been talking about you coming out here and then all of a sudden like what like a week ago you're like hey grace i think i'm coming yeah it's kind of happens like that i think i kind of live my life like uh a little bit like that you know yeah. um yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it was cool. It was cool. My my schedule cleared up. It was something that was much needed. Um, I've been wanting to um, to do ceremony in the jungle for quite a while to touch my pachamama to, to be here amongst all this beautiful, just beautiful life. You know, all all the, the life of the people, the life of the mountains, the life of the the, the jungle, the, the plants, the rivers. We were just surrounded by all these beautiful elements. I just sometimes I feel like I don't deserve it, man. It's just so beautiful, and I'm, I'm thankful. Thanks for making it happen. You know, yeah, no problem. We are blessed, but we also manifest, you know? like uh, It's not like it just falls on our laps. You worked hard to fly yourself here and go through all the hoops of COVID world to... Yeah, Get it was back. a trip. It was a trip. I don't think I've ever had to take a plane with so much equipment on my face. You know, like right. I was sweating under like a mask and plastic shield. Yeah, the Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, the Darth Vader. You know, I slept with this. You know, I try to sleep against the window and the things all like yeah banging how, against the. Ground. How can we ever sleep on a plane again with this equipment? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, thank you once again for coming here yeah, and. So on these shows, because it's all like my actual friends, um, I always start with the stories of how, how we met. Do you remember how we met? Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I remember speaking to you a little bit on, uh, on Instagram. I've always, uh, I've always loved your artwork. Um, I feel like our art has a similar language, um, although it's very different. I think that the language is a certain energy that comes forth from it right with tribe ancestral yeah ancestral tribal shamanic visionary of ancient futures so i've always been drawn to it actually you know what i was at a tattoo convention Mm -hmm. and a woman came up to me and she was looking at my art and she said do you know who chris dyer is and i said no i've never heard of him she was have you ever heard of katari center and i was like no and she wrote down all the information and I had it in my wallet for like a couple of years, actually. Okay. And then I remember, like, I was telling, talking to you about it. And then I went to my wallet. I wonder if I still have it in there. Okay. I might still have it there. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to check them out. And then I think through Instagram, I might have, uh, yep, look at that. <laughs> Bam! Cassandra Clark. 
That's who we got. Oh, yeah. He was on the first retreat here. Look up Chris Dyer. Second, here you are. Boom. Investing. Still in my wallet. <laughs> That's so cool. Yes. Um, well, as soon as I found your art on Instagram myself, I was like, holy shit, this art's dope. I want him to, ta to tattoo me. Uh, and you're like, hell yeah. yeah. But I was like, okay, where are we going to meet? When? And you were based in San Diego. and uh, But I just haven't been able to go to San Diego these last few years. And then all of a sudden, last year, you were in Peru because you're half Peruvian. Yes, so. Visiting some family and you, you decided to visit me in Kimana. And offer me this beautiful tattoo I got here. Look, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it healed really nice. Um, that was a really beautiful trip for me, too. It was cool to, like, kind of go out there. Uh, I'd never been to Quilmana. Um, mi abuela estaba diciendo como, yo, you're going to go all the way out there? I was like, yeah, I'm going to tattoo this guy. She's always, like, kind of like, you know, be careful. You know, and it was it was such a beautiful trip. And I remember pulling up into the, into the area, and there was a lady with all her, like, and yeah, like donkeys or something, or goats or something. Right. Just walking with all these goats. And uh, pretty much a village. Yeah, and it was so, so beautiful. All the San Pedro's that were growing there. You were building your, your apartment on the land. The land was really beautiful. Your family was really welcoming, really good people. Um, and we had an awesome little ceremony. And uh, we pretty much stayed up all yeah, night. Yeah, stayed up all night, just tattooing. And uh, yeah, it was it was rad. It was so cool. It was so close. I was really felt blessed to be able to go out there and do that. Right. Ariani also got a tattoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. First she ever tattoo. Big beautiful tattoo on her leg. Uh, it was a such a get silent. Yours was a combination of, uh, of a lot of elements, you know, in there. So right. My cool that we got to Condor, my wolf, death, warrior. That's you, bro. That's, uh, that's the us. spiritual, the spiritual gangster. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for going all the way to now on a bus to hang out with us to yeah. give me this tattoo. That's amazing. So you're half Peruvian. You're half Peruvian and half American. Yeah, I would say I wouldn't say American, but my father is from the states. He's of um, of Greek descent, um, and uh, I think that like kind of was hard finding like a little bit of my identity to do that because um you know it's kind of like when you're growing up like that kind of mixed biracial you kind of have to pick a side in a way uh, i was raised more of my mother's culture we spoke spanish we food i go to every two years uh, i lived there and my, my father uh, raised me a lot with his uh with his a bit of his culture mostly in like religious aspects i used to go to church with him a lot but he is more um from the states you know he, he doesn't he, he's like uh very, um, very kind of like New Yorker. Although so this was in New Jersey. York? Yeah, I was, I was, I was born and raised in New York, um, in the city, and then uh, I've lived in Brooklyn and Yonkers. Um, back to Brooklyn uh, when I was sixteen. Uh, went to school out there. Uh, so I was, I was pretty much raised a lot more with my mother's culture. Although, um, although my father, uh, he did uh, do his part, but it was a little confusing, kind of growing up like that. Uh, I believe that the beautiful thing about my art was that I kind of found a way to like combine both my cultures, you know, like uh, being that he is from the, the States or modern United States of America. And he, uh, he, uh, I, I started getting into tattooing and I uh, really was really drawn to American traditional tattoo, but I never really like, like doing most of the motifs that are associated with traditional American tattooing, most of them are military-based or uh, American flags, cannons, and eagles. And I, I love eagles, but, you know, this is very patriotic to the United States, which I didn't really resonate with much, especially because I spent so much time in Peru and, and had a, a strong identity with the Peruvian side of my heritage. So, um, But there's something nice about the bold, The boldness and the crispness and the power behind them, the fit and the flow. Um, probably comes second only to Japanese tattooing, which has a bit more flow and coverage. Uh, so I wanted to do something that kind of resonated more with what was in line with my identity. Um, so I decided to start, uh, I, I started really getting into, I started doing, let's see, I started going to the Mexica New Year Festival, vending at the Mexica New Year Festival in San Jose, um, where I started to meet Actually, I can take it back before that. I started. Yeah, where did you start doing tattoos? Oh, all right, right. We'll, we'll, all right, all right. Let's yeah. go. Um, so, uh, one of my cousins, Renzo, 
was a, a, a really uh, well-known tattoo artist in Lima. And he had one of the first tattoo shops in Lima, Peru. It was uh, probably him, Ivan, Coyote, and Stefano, uh, who were like pioneers of tattooing in Lima. But my cousin had the first tattoo shop. Uh, okay. There was probably people tattooing in like the markets and stuff like that, but he had the first official like tattoo shop. Uh-huh. He used to come to New York and spend time with me and my family, paint and tattoo in New York. So as a kid, I was always watching him and... and uh, you know, my mom would always be like, oh, yo, you're never going to, don't ever, you know, think about tattooing my son and this and that. But uh, uh, eventually he did end up tattooing me. <laughs> and eventually he got Why into like, that? I got these these little guys from, uh-huh. like, uh, it's silly. it was like an alpha and omega. It was like, oh, the energy in the circle, you put your hands together, something like that. You know, I was young at the time. I was like 15, 16 when I got these. Okay, nice. I tried to hide them from my mom for a while, but she eventually found them. Uh, she was a little upset about that. But, um, but yeah, uh, he, uh, he, he eventually got into computer animation and sold me all his equipment. I read a Huck Spaulding A through Z, uh, which was like a little tattoo kind of guide book. And I just started tattooing that same week. Oh, wow. And, so you uh, learned tattooing from a book? Yeah, more or less. I mean, uh, a little bit of his tutelage and, um, I, 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 I was fucking a lot of people up though. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. just keep it real. <laughs> like there was a... I did a couple good ones. I had I had a pretty strong graffiti and art background, so I, I was always like kind of drawing and stuff. But but that was like a, definitely something different and new. Um, it wasn't. Uh, I started really uh, taking it more seriously maybe a year or two after that, and uh, I landed myself a shop in, in Brooklyn, um, um, in, uh, in Crown Heights on uh, Franklin Avenue between Park and Sterling. Uh, one of my best friends uh, to this day. Kind of took me under his wing. Well, actually offered me a job at his shop. He told me if I could bring somebody in that day and tattoo them and do a good job, that he would give me a job. So I had a quick recall one of the homies. He came through, did a quick little tattoo on him. Um, and uh, You had to prove yourself. Yeah, he told me I didn't really know how to tattoo, which I, I was kind of bummed out about because I thought I thought it was awesome to tattoo. But yeah, he was right. I didn't. I, I was doing everything the wrong way. I, had, I think I had one machine for like everything. I didn't know that there was like a liner and a shader. I, you know, I had I was using an eight round shader for everything, so it's taking me a lot longer. But I think that also, you know, I, I definitely do not recommend that anybody learns tattooing in that kind of way. Um, but at the same time. Uh, it kind of gave me the chops. I wasn't afraid to tattoo anybody. You know, I wasn't afraid to do this or that, to try new things, to try to be innovative. So I think that kind of gave me a little bit of an edge as well. Even though it took me longer to learn things the right way, um, I had a bunch of other mentors. Uh, um, jazz started big jazz. Told me that gave me the the chance to to work at a shop. Started and this was me. in this is in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. This okay. is a uh, Brooklyn. Uh, I started tattooing in the summer of 2004. It wasn't probably like 2007 that I landed this job. You know, in a shop. So I started getting a lot more skin time and uh, and and learning the right way, and also being around a higher caliber of artists that were that were showing me what's up. You know, and, and it was it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, and uh, so doing that uh, around 2010, I started attending, uh, going to a lot of powwows, and I started seeing a lot of the Mexica dancers at the powwows, and I was really uh, drawn to the energy of their movements. I was really into martial arts at the time too, so their, their dance, the danza, really like reminded me of like warrior movements and uh, their um, the regalia, the the the, the, their, the their, dress, the dresses that they wore just had these beautiful, powerful symbols on them, right? And um, and I and I started really understanding like kind of I started having a vision of the type of people I wanted to tattoo and the type of images that I wanted to tattoo. So um, I, I, in the beginning, I was more into black and gray. I have always, my, my grandfather was a really amazing painter um, and he painted a lot of pre-Hispanic work. And I feel like I was grow, I always grew up with a lot, a lot of like wacos around me, Peruvian art, like just Peruvian art around Pre-Columbia. me, Colombian art around me. So I was always very drawn to that. Um, Goethe uh, was one of my favorite tattoo artists, like growing up and looking at his stuff kind of made me want to do more. He did more like black and gray, realistic, very stone, high contrast kind of work. And so I, I wanted to kind of start emulating that style, but um, it wasn't until so I started, I would always paint in color. So people were like, oh, your paintings are really bright and colorful. Maybe you should start bringing that into the tattooing. Um, I remember also being heavily influenced by Adam Hathorne, uh, Hong Kong. He's, uh, he's out of San Diego. Oh, yeah. now. Also a very close friend of mine now. He's, cool. he's an awesome dude. Yeah, I, and, did, uh, I do follow his work. Yeah, I, I did a guest spot at Guru Tattoo. Uh, Marin, 
Delavaldosa shop, um, which was in Pacific Beach. So that was like one of the earlier guest spots that I did. I never thought I could get a guest spot over there. I called them up. And I remember Jazz telling me, call them, and I, I bet they'll give you a guest spot. And I went there, and I got tattooed by Adam. Um, and I started trying. Then I started like kind of. Which one is it? Oh, it's this dude right here. Is it this, oh, is this leg? Yeah, so it's this guy right here. Oh, big four. You know, so he, yeah, it was cool. And then uh, he was such a nice dude. And, and I, I started like saying, okay, I see how he uses these bold lines and these bright colors. Right. Then being tattooing in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, the traditional tattooing was so big over there that I started really understanding how to paint flash, learning how to paint flash. Um, two uh, uh, close homies of mine, Justin Lapuma and Mike Pinto, really helped me with painting flash and kind of also moving in that direction of bold lines, bright colors. And then it kind of just all clicked together. Um, I was also saw, I remember seeing um, this dude out of San Diego, Chris Corona, that painted a flash sheet that looked like like with, with these like Aztec Mexica motifs. And I was just like, all right, let me just combine it all together. Let me right. do the artwork that I love, the thing that moves me, some, uh, something that's part of my heritage. And um, and the, this pre, pre-Hispanic, pre-Columbian artwork, and it just fused it all together and once i started painting more flash like that people would saw it and they were just like you got to do more you got to do more right and so i really started studying more um the thing that i really appreciated about the mission i, I mean I, peru has so many different um uh tribes you know people native peoples uh we have you know the wadis the the chavin we have the lima we have uh the Nazca, the Ica, there's so Baracas, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So we have a, 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 an infinite source of, of, of cultures, of, of cultures, and even the wacos, like all these different wacos, and then the animals. So so then 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 you know so we have like all this reference, you know, that's been left for us from our ancestors to to utilize in this way. So I just I uh, I started pushing it more, but the thing that really drew me to the Mexica stuff was the danzantes and also their calendar. The calendar is such a, a very complete. There's a Donapo Wali, um, which is like a 260-day calendar. And then we have the Shupo Wali, which is a 365-day calendar. And uh, I, I, I heard that the 260-day calendar is uh, using the moon cycles and also um, to the, the, the time that it takes for conception for a woman to be pregnant. You know, it's like the, the, the nine months that it takes for a woman to give birth. Um, so both calendars kind of coincide together. And each day has each donali. Each day has like a different symbolism. So once I started really studying that, and also when I traveled to Peru, Tiwanaku, uh, Bolivia. Sorry, Bolivia. It's a little bit outside of La Paz. It's an uh, ancient city with big, beautiful ruins. They also have the Puerta del Sol. It's also their own 365-day calendar. So I think the important thing to remember is that these borders that were drawn. This is Mexico. This is Peru. This is Chile. This started, this came after. You know the the, the uh, Inquisition after colonization. Do you of, think there was like Mexico? I know there's a lot of different cultures all around Latin America. Do you think there was like a initial culture that united them all? Since you say there's a lot of similarities, do you think there was something that 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 was the source of them all throughout time? Like for example, uh, mm-hmm. we got fucking. Uh, uh, Wiracocha, that wasn't mm-hmm. Tehuanaco, wasn't Chavín, wasn't the Inca. That's a really good question. What's, that, what's the connection between all these cultures before the Spanish came and ruined it all? <laughs> I, think, I think that the big, I think that the answer to that is spirit. You know, I think that people were very in tune with nature. They, um, there was a universal consciousness that I think that people were, were, were very in tune with, that native people and indigenous people were very in tune with. And uh, and I say native too, being that you know you see these serpents in all cultures. Everybody's native. Everybody's native to someone. Right now we're talking about indigenous Americans. You know the the landmass is connected. So yeah, I do think that people from South America were traveling all the way to North America and vice versa. People from North America were. I mean, there, there's definitely um, evidence of people from the southern parts of Peru all the way up into Ecuador. If they went up to Ecuador, then I'm sure they made it through Panama. If they made it through Panama, I'm sure they made it to Mexico, and I'm sure they made it to the United to, to present where, like, uh, Aztlan or United States is currently at right now. So, yeah, I think that these people were all in communication with each other, but on a higher level, I think that all people that were in tune with nature, that were living with the universe, with, in tune with the universal breath, were definitely in tune and, and were receiving the same images from Creator, and especially if they were... Uh, 
doing heavy deep meditations or ceremonies or, or plant medicines. Right. I think that they, uh, we, I think we all see the same things during ceremony a lot of times. You know, we see the serpents, we see, uh, we see ge ge sacred geometry. Um, we see it in the, in the clouds. These tribal kind of characters. Like yeah, the first time definitely. I I did uh, ayahuasca and I got deep into the void, I would see these, these you know, like Paracas and Chavin kind of characters. And when I came out and I asked Herbert, my shaman, uh, what's the deal with this? Like, is, is it there? And then I saw it and we're all seeing the same place or language or... Because I've seen it outside in the real sober world, and then I'm going there. My the medicine is using it as skin to express itself. Like, what came first? Like, me seeing it outside, or it came from inside and it comes out? It's like the chicken and the egg, you know? It's just, you know, you know it's, it's one and the same, you know? It's, uh, I, I think that we are um, an extension of Creator, and, and Creator lives outside of us and also within us at the same time, you know? And our, our, I, I really truly believe that our life experience is just a quick separation from that universal one right you know and, and so we can all connect it if we do the work to tune in well what herbert asked answered me to that question was that we're all going to the same center source of everything around the world but also timeless because once you go there time disappears and we're going to the same place and time as all these cultures thousands of years ago were touching And we're just coming out and trying to reinterpret it or, or doing it like anew. And in, in, in what you're doing with your work, with the tool work, is you're grabbing these ancient symbols and reinventing it in a more modern way, in a more modern Yeah, um, I, a big part of what I do is, aside from, you know, like me being um, biracial and mixed, um, I feel that, and also being born in, in the United States um, and trying to it's it was kind of a gift and a curse you know i can i can you know i obviously have the privileges to, to walk both paths you know and um so what do i do with that privilege you know only thing i can think of is to connect the two together is to use it as medicine for people unity. you know to connect to, to, to bring unity and, and to also connect people to their ancestry because a lot of times in the United States, we, we have more privilege when we decide to walk in a more Eurocentric path. And so there's these, there's these things where like, and then aside from that, like being that my mother came here to the United States and, and looking for a better life with more opportunity, you know, she was always, um, you know, with all respect, um, sometimes trying to, to push me more in, the, in that direction. And so I felt more protective, protective of, um, and defensive of my, of my native heritage. And so, um, So I was very proud of that, you know, and I, and, and I felt very rooted in that. And I felt that it was like a, a big source of my power, whereas like she felt that the other way, like it was more powerful to, 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 to kind of, um, you know, kind of go more with the, you know, United States, America. Right. It's like you got super out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, why, why would you want to, you know, go in, in this route, you know? Right. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, that's just how it is. You know, you, you, you obviously, you know, there's more opportunity, but I'm, I feel very blessed that I can still kind of tap into that and still carry that with pride and also connect other people that have similar experiences. You know, there's people that they, they don't know necessarily where they come from, or, but they feel something inside them that wants to connect back to that root. And, um, and it's beautiful that I, that, That, that we can connect with each other and, and, and bring that forth with the with, with art and especially with art that's permanent that that you wear like like armor you know that get that that's not only gives you power but you know can give other people power too you know and, and can give other people knowledge because they see these beautiful pieces and they're they question it they're like what is this what does that mean no um, and and how can i learn more about it you know and then through that exploration we, we come back to the And remember who we are in a, in a beautiful way and we don't have to be afraid of anybody taking that away from us beautiful so you're doing mostly mexican uh iconography uh, or no I, i i i do i can do i just do anything that's general. mostly native to central south mexico or the caribbean i haven't really touched too much of the native plane stuff because i don't i haven't studied it too much i also don't feel like it's it's more, more my place um to, to kind of tattoo that way i'm not opposed to it if, if somebody comes with the right uh, direction 
with it and they know what they're putting on them because that's also a, a strong thing too you know you don't want to just like slap things on people and appropriate a, a certain culture without really understanding what it is so people need to really understand what something is to put it on them and that that raises a lot of questions you know and, and a lot of um, a lot of gray areas almost so it's like you kind of have to walk be careful a little bit you know and that's not to say like you know i don't know like i i do what i feel is authentic and right to me you know um it could be the same with any type of art form, you know, it's like to say uh, somebody that does martial arts, you know, martial arts come from China. Maybe somebody's a really good martial artist, are they allowed to teach Chinese martial artists? Or maybe, you know, somebody's a really good drummer, they've studied African drumming their whole life, and, you know, and they, when they drum, you know, it moves people and then they're, you know, they study under the best African teachers you know are they allowed to teach somebody african drumming you know when they're not of that descent you know? what i can relate to you on this topic is for example a lot of people these days paint on skateboards but have they skateboarded oh and i'm like you yeah, know yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, skateboard yeah, art, but yeah, yeah, you have you broken your arm yeah, and paid your dues and really dive into a culture right. that you're kind of like grabbing right, the cool right, right, factor right. to make your art from well, I, I, the way that I kind of work with it too is if you're if you're creating something that's of a culture that's not specifically and granted, granted, we're talking about cultures that predated these borders that that were put on by um, European colonizers. Right. So it's like you got to think about that too. You know, what is Peru? Where? What is Mexico? What's Ecuador? What's Colombia before these places existed? Right. You know, but aside from that, like, okay, there's still people that live in those communities. So what are you doing exactly to give back to those communities and to help people like that? What are you, what is this person that is painting on a skateboard doing for skateboarding other than making money off it? Because that's where it kind of gets into the realms of commercial, uh, of being a uh, capitalist and just, and, and what do you, what do you, um, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Tyler James Densey, awesome tattooer, great person. He once uh, asked me, are you being or are you brand? Are you a being a human being or are you a brand? You know, are you just a machine that takes things and chews it up and spits it back out? And we could do it on everything. We could we could make socks with the with with the nakti on them. We could make shirts and we could make hats and we could make pins and patches and and, and pens and, and but what does it all mean? And where's the money going? What's the what's the message behind it? How's the knowledge being delivered? And and what are you giving back to those communities? And um, and so, you know, quick little plug, if I may, um, uh, my sister, uh, Eye of Kong, Heidi Kong, she's, uh, you can look her up on Instagram, it's at E-Y-E-O-F-K-A-N-G. She's working on a water project right now to bring water to the Mirarica people down in Nayarit, Mexico. So that's a big thing that we're donating money to. And I look forward to doing more projects like that where we can actually donate some money back or a big portion of money back to those people in those communities that are that 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 a lot of that are still living in the traditional ways but don't have things like running water. So so we you know if we're not using our privileges for the better good and we're just sitting here trying to get uh, famous or or trying to uh, be better than the next person in what we're doing then what you know what the fuck are we really doing you know it's not it's not it's not um it's not a good thing you're not bringing the right energy to it you're not honoring the ancestors in the right way or honoring the people that are still living in those ways you know and and uh, and i think that's really important for anybody that does want to dive into those those things and learn about those and, and, and represent that kind of uh, that kind of craft uh, it's really important to, to understand, you know, and to, to do something positive that um, it's not just self-fulfilling. Right. Let's get into psychedelics because, or... Can we talk about time? Can we talk about time real quick? Because it was something sure. that you mentioned about time. Okay. So that's an interesting topic too because I was thinking about that recently and I was thinking about time and, I, and, and, it, and it appeared to me, you said the timelessness. I, also, I often wonder why when you're having fun, you know, an hour can seem like a minute. And when you're sitting there meditating or you're bored, a minute can seem like an hour. And then I started realizing, what is time? You know, is it this count, you know? Right? It's count is man-made. What is time is really isn't really the question. Really what we're measuring is movement and space. You know, it's like the distance between two objects. Even if I'm sitting still, there's still my heart. Still, I'm still growing. It's still aging, and aging is like 22. It's like it's like it's almost like time was invented to give man a place in the grand story of the universe. You know, it wasn't really something that's like you know, it's it's, it's just a, a man-made construct to define our existence. 
and what we do with the space. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, you know, connecting it to plant medicines and psychedelics, mm-hmm. when I go into the void that Aya takes me, it's like I'm removed from time. I'm not in time anymore. I'm not in space. Or space just becomes inf- like infinite and time becomes eternal. And you're in this never-ending now that connects to the never-ending nows of other times in the physical realm that we're experiencing right now, where there is a path to present in the future. But really, we're only really experiencing the now. And uh, I guess we're trying to touch the now moments that happened like a thousand years ago. And those people who were trying to express source energy, God, uh, you know, the infinite. And they were bringing that to their cultures as medicine. So and this whole thing that you were saying, like, are we just milking these old cultures, grabbing the cool factor of these things and throwing it on products to make money to be cool and, and fuck them? Or, or maybe not, or giving back to those communities. Right. I feel like it's amazing that you immerse yourself in the culture as somebody who's constantly expressing that culture and, uh, and benefiting from it and giving back. But even just the, the, the service of passing on these symbols that really nobody owns because it's from the infinite and the eternal is we're serving uh, medicine to the people, mm. you know, because you put it on a person and maybe that person felt like, oh, that looks cool. But eventually they're going to, it's going to imprint some kind of consciousness on them. And they're going to think of like, whoa, what does this mean? And who am I a reflection of that? Yeah. And can um, I grow from that imprint and art expression? Yeah. That's a, that's a really good thing. A good point. Um, I just watched this Bruce Lee documentary on the plane. Okay, nice. It's really interesting. You know, it was called Be Water. Oh, I it, love that. It was a beautiful documentary. And uh, a big lesson that I remember also one of my teachers, Antonio Carrasco. Yeah, I did my first um, Mirarica style peyuri ceremonies with him. And, um, and, and he, uh, a big thing that Bruce Lee did was unite people. You know, he was the first, first of all, he was, he had European descent, uh, part in his lineage. Um, it gave him a little bit more privilege. Um, he came to, he was born in the United States. That gave him a little bit more privilege. I mean, he was raised in China and he was very proud of being Chinese. And when he came to the United States, there was a lot of racism uh, towards his kind. You know, there was always, they were always portrayed in films as servants or, um, or, uh, or, or kind of like just like. So lower class. Lower class or kind of ignorant or like they weren't as good. And, and they didn't even allow, you know, Chinese people to play their own race in Hollywood. And so. Um, and still, with knowing that, he still shared his knowledge of his culture to everybody, you know, to, to black people, to Caucasian people, to um, Asians that weren't of Chinese descent. But you how beautiful uh, people to show. And, and he said, you know, we're all um, children under God, you know. And uh, that's something that my, my teacher Antonio told me. He said, you know, when a deer sees you, you know, a deer doesn't say that's a black man or that's a white man or that's a native man. It just says that's a, that's a human, that's a man or that's a woman, you know, and that, it was never like differentiated. With that being said, yeah, we, nobody chose to be who they are, you know, like nobody decided, woke up one day and said, I want to be this or I want to be that, you know, it was trickled down. But with that being said, these images do have a root and they do come from specific people in specific places. So that needs to be honored. And our physical bodies are what our ancestors left us. You know, our, our physical bodies were literally their, a token of their, of their struggle and their survival. So in that case, it must be honored in that way. You know, so, so it's important, but it doesn't mean that you're better than them. And I think that that's an important thing to remember, that you do honor where you come from and you do honor where these symbols come from. You know, and especially if they're if they don't belong to your heritage or to your people, even more so, should you should study it even more. You know, and not and not carry it in a in a in a, in a uh, like kind of like a braggadocious like, oh, I know what this is. Let me put you on to something. But to be like, wow, like I, I feel honored that you know that I, I was able to receive this in this kind of way, and I'm going to carry it that kind of way. I'm going to carry it with that power and with that energy and with, with that that meaning really symbolizes because they're all all those images, man. They're they're not. They're animals, you know. They're animals, or they're, or they're, or they're tools, or they're uh, elemental forces, you know. And that, and that's universal to all people. Right. The style of it, 
you know, the people that, that brought it, the people that fought, that sacrificed their life, that sat in front of the fire, you know, where there's other people coming after that fire, you know, that and, and a lot of times when we do ceremonies, we always do it in front of the fire. And I always think about that too, you know, we sit in front of the fire all night long. And I think about my ancestors, I think that all, I think that's another thing that was universal to all people is that all people sat in front of the fire at one point, you know, we all had to protect that fire because there was other people that didn't have the fire and they were out in the mountains freezing to death and they would try to look for that light and they would try to come after it, you know, and either they would make peace with the people and have a bigger community or they would kill them and take that fire, you know, so that, that there's something that's, um, speaking that relates, time. that relates to so many analogies of these days. Yeah. It's almost like the Babylon system, corporations trying to steal our soul power. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, sure. you know, at any means possible. Yeah. And, uh, we're trying to protect it as spiritual warriors of the light. And we're actually trying to expand this fire and share it with everybody. Because even the most corporate person, we give him our love and our fire. Uh, but it's that fear that they have. They want to take it away instead of sharing it. Well, that's the thing too, because the, the, this is funny, right? Because you ever have you ever seen that movie with Ron Perlman, The Quest for Fire? You know, oh, it's a good, good movie. You got to see that one. People can take your stuff. You know, I'm sure somebody's gonna take my artwork at some point. You know, it's on Instagram. You know, they could trace it, they could tattoo it, they could try to beat Chimu. You know, but the thing that makes this unique, bro, is that we're creative. I always have something extra in my back pocket because I'm creative. You know, so stealing something, taking something. It's never going to amount to the ideas that I have, you know, and I, I really fully believe that, you know, like, like, okay, you want to be, you know, petty and take something and, and not be original and not be creative and not move in that frequency or that light, you know, it's like, I got something better. Go ahead, take that. And you're We're an infinite source yeah, of creation and yeah. good vibes. Yeah. And if anything, yeah. like when when somebody like steals my, steals my style, borrows my style or yeah, yeah. alerts to what I do, I'm just like... Cool, more medicine for the people. Yeah, that's the way you got to And if at. it has the tent of my vibe, maybe my vibe has the tent of something else that came before that. For and sure. Culture <laughs> sure. builds upon culture and we yeah, build yeah, upon yeah. each other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're open. Yeah. We're expansive. We're not, you know. Yeah, you have to, um, a, a project that I was looking to put together, it was also like, I've met so many amazing people in Mexico, Peru, Colombia. Panama, Costa Rica, so many amazing artists that, that just aren't, don't have the, the platform that they deserve. So a big part of what, another, going back to the privilege that I have of even being able to travel so freely because I was born in the States, you know, I, I want to put other people on, you know, I, I'm working on a collaborate, a collaborative book. So it's going to be a big book of flash. I want to try to get um, a couple of art shows going so that I can try to get people visas to come into the States so that they can have the connections and maybe, you know, maybe marry a, marry some, you know, American girl or, or man and, and come out here and kind of, you know, and, and, and start to like kind of better their situations and stuff too. And, and so I, I hope that this book that I'm working on will allow that and also raise some money to, to kind of give back where it needs to give, be given back to. But that platform, you know, the, the, even, even like, you know, what you're doing right now, you know, you're, you're very, you've put in a lot of work and, and, it's, and it's beautiful that you can share your time and your space and your energy to put somebody like me and give me a platform to speak on these things that, and also that, that will help me to bring other people into it. We can't take anything when we're gone, bro. Like, you know what I mean? So, so what? You know what I mean? I have so much, I will, I doubt that I will ever be able to do all the creative things that I want to do in my lifetime. You know, our time is limited and going back to time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It doesn't exist, but it, ex it exists in the sense that we aren't going to be here forever, right. you know? And so, and so what I give back is way more important than what I take. So if somebody needs to use these, these things, these things are for the future generation, the style that I want to pioneer, that I'm pioneering, that I'm, I'm that other people, uh, that other colleagues of mine, peers of mine that are pioneering together is going to give back to the future generations. We're young, indigenous, Latinx. Latino, however you want to call our the, the beautiful mix of people that we are can can use that they can benefit and and and, and honor their ancestors and, and kind of give that medicine to other people in the same way that's what we're doing so if they need it that's what it's there for you know that's yeah. like, it's not ours to take we just hope that they can do it in a good way and they're not just doing it because it's cool or because but they carry it as medicine and that they give it to people and they and they explain to them that it's ceremonial it's medicine i mean we're, we're literally drawing blood you're going through pain 
You know, I, I strongly believe that only true transformation comes from pain, from discomfort. You know, you could put on a mask and you could pretend all you want, you know what I mean? But until you feel that discomfort, until you feel that pain, that struggle, that's where true growth comes from. And that's where, that's how we're going to elevate. And that's how we're going to heal people and, and, and continue to give that medicine in a good way. Beautiful. Well, I want to I wanna reflect a couple things from what you're saying. Uh, I really like that you brought Bruce Lee who was a mix and pure spirit and so talented. And so that, awesome. that documentary, Be Like Water, I think like the quote, one of his quotes that I used for one of my mixtape was like, you know, if you have style, and he doesn't mean like, you know, if you're style, you're not style. He's going to have style on life. But it's almost like he, he was talking about styles of, of Kung Fu, I believe. Is what he yeah. Did, right? If you choose one style, then you're kind of boxing yourself into that, you know, mm-hmm. that set of rules or whatever. But if you say, like, I got no style, I'm just whatever, I flow like water, then you become more infinite. And I think we're at this time where, like, all these cultures are mixing and races are mixing, where mm-hmm. I'm half Canadian, half Peruvian, you're half American, half Greek, half Peruvian. And we can all mix it all up because at the end of the day, we're all just source creation expressing in the world of spirit. And art is nothing but God expressing through all these different cultures that might have sourced from different places. But now as we're all mixing up as one globe united, we can just like, you know, make a beautiful stew of creation and expression and uh, embrace each other in unity with respect yeah. But and, and honoring, uh, you know, the different cultures. So something I wanted to ask you was like, you gave me this tattoo and it's more leaning to the Mexica cultures, Mexicans. So what would be a good book for me to read to learn more about this kind of tradition of expression? Well, there's there's so many different books, but I, I actually just wrote a book. Uh, it's called The Sacred Tonalpohuali. It really breaks down each symbol. The Secret of Tonalpohuali? The, the Sacred Tonalpohuali. Sacred yeah, that's the finale is the count. It's the count of the days. So I put out this book. I only made a hundred of them, and uh, uh, you made it. Yeah, yeah. I wrote. I wrote the book. Okay. Uh, it's in it's in English and in Spanish in one book. I'd love um, to read it. There's uh, uh there's um there's prints. So so the the print pulls out. You can rip out the print, and it also has clear um, cellophane in it that you could that tattoo artists can use to make stencils and. Um, and it, uh, it speaks on every symbol. It's just a starting point because I want to go in depth and I want to touch also the Peruvian symbology and stuff too. But I felt that it was a good starting point because everybody always asks me like, oh, well, where do I go to find? And there's a lot. I mean, I'm not saying, hey, just go buy my book. You know, there's a lot of books out there that, that deal with with these symbols and these um, and these and these different um, traditions. And, and just not just from Mexico, but from that from, you know, from all indigenous America. And um, yeah, what would be one book that you would say would be the Bible that you recommend everybody to see? That's why I created the one that I did because I I couldn't find one. Um, there there are, there are, uh, I'd have to, I I think that we could, I'm gonna have to give you a list and we maybe we could plug it into the comment section or something, sure, because there's so many that I I just couldn't even begin to like name them all. Uh But I, but but we'll we'll give you like a maybe we'll give the listeners like a a, kind of like a a reference resource. You know, you're, uh, there was a, a German dude that uh, that made a really good one about all the wacklers in Peru. Oh, wow. His name is Jorgen Volte, and, uh, and he did a lot of like the moche, a lot of stuff with the moche iconographies and uh, and uh, the chavin. Um, and then there's uh, I would love a big fat book with all this six iconography and maybe an interpretation of it because really we don't know what a lot of these things mean because these people are gone in many cases yeah and, and that's and that's that's going back to the reason why i, I work so much with the mexica because they, they they have found a really good way of harnessing the culture and the traditions you know and, and um and also because i you know i live in california there's a lot of mexican folks out in cali that need they need some medicine that, that, that need the work done and and uh but aside from that, it's there's there. I had to I had to basically do like volumes because there there has to be a starting point. You know, the calendar to me was the starting point. It's the count of the days. It, it works with the calendar. It works with the cycles of, of nature, the seasons, and, uh, and and the different ceremonial periods that that are in tune with the seasons and the, and like very much like the zodiac. Um, it's it's you know they they found a way of, of divination that are actual personalities of people so that people can kind of like find with their like sources or what resonates with it's like them. a kind of astrology it's a little bit of an astrology aspect to it 
as well as just like the, the movement of of our planets. You know, it's it's about alignment. Every uh, every 52 years is a new fire. You know, 52 is 13 times four, so there's four tonalis that make up the years, and you count them in the sense of 13. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So you keep poop, 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 and it goes to 52. 52 and 52 is 104, so they have an even bigger ceremony every 104 years. So there's just uh, there's just a lot of uh, um, well thought out, you know. So I, so when people were asking me, what do I read? What do I read? There was a lot of books out there, but they were just like uh, there was one that was like a dictionary of Mayan and Aztec symbols. There's a, there's other ones that are just about you know the history of the Mexica and the Tlapanex and the Chichimecas and the Zapotecas, and they all had these really extensive histories. And even even a lot of people don't know the Mexica themselves weren't from Mexico. They were from like North America, like Aztlan was more like where Utah and Colorado is. They migrated down into Mexico. The Mexica that 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 was that were uh, in, in uh, that that had like where current day Mexico City was, you know, they they are the ones that that came to power. But originally they were like immigrants, you know, they came down and and they made uh they were like guerreros, you know, they were like really warrior class people, and they they made a lot of alliances and married into royal families and slowly made their way into power. You know, Tenochtitlan, uh, it was like their, their city. They, they were given like the worst land, you know, and they and they worked with what they had. They worked with them. They, they figured out a way to farm the swamps, you know, the, these, these rugged, really rough terrains. And so it's, like, it's also about, like, learning how to make, you know, sugar out of shit, you know. And, and that's, a, that's a big lesson in transformation. And it's, it's also a big lesson in acceptance and, 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 um, and, and uh, unity, too, because it's like, how do you come some, to, to a new place and start to establish yourself within that culture and within, the, within those confines of, that, of those people? You know, how do you become powerful and limitless? You know, so it's, so it's, it's a beautiful lesson in that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's so much work to do, and I, I obviously want to want to dip more into like my Peruvian heritage and, and, and kind of bring forth that that. Uh, there, I mean, there's so much to study and so much to learn. So how do I present it in a way for tattoo artists to use, and especially the younger generation of tattoo artists that are coming in that are just like me that that want to represent their culture and want to tattoo in these. You know, traditional Japanese and traditional American fashion, but don't want to necessarily do those designs. You know, they want to do designs of their people. So hopefully right. through the education, they can, you know, that, that that's also why I want to make a series of books so that people can learn and carry it. And, and so that the future generations can use that. Not so I can just like be like, oh, hey, check it out. I made this thing. Let me, you know. Uh, you know. No, you got intention. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> since you are so uh, connected with uh, the Shika, Region is also been getting more into the peyote plant medicine, right? Mm, yes. So tell me a little bit about the ceremonial use of peyote. Well, um, he, uh, there's the, the wirarica word for his hikuri. Hikuri means um, shimmering heart. You know, I've, I've always felt that this medicine is it's a, it's a heart opening medicine. Um, there's different ways that there's in the way that I was taught, I'm sure there's a lot of ways that people have been taught throughout history. On um, the way that I was taught, my first ceremony was Wirarica style. So there's a, there's a circle, and there's a woman's side and a man's side. Um, there's two doors, and the fire is in the middle, and the fire represents the sun when the sun goes down. So uh, so essentially, a lot of the ceremony is praying for the sun to come back up. Um, during that time, the, the fire is called Tatewari. You know, it's, it's, it's the oldest primordial element. We connect with the fire. So we... Uh, we, the, the, it's said that the fire knows everything about you. It knows, and you can't lie to it, just like you can't really lie to yourself. And people do all the time. And what we were talking about earlier, you know, it's really messed up to lie to somebody, but it's even worse to lie to yourself. And even worse when you start to lie to yourself and you start to live your lies. And that, that'll never get you anywhere. You know, you, you could go for years and maybe even a whole lifetime down the wrong path like that. So it's really important that through this work and connecting with the fire that you see the truth. And all the psychedelic uh, visions that come with it are kind of just little entry points. The real truth, the real medicine lies in the truth and in the community, how we help each other, how we do limpias. It's usually a maracame. He's like a shaman, you know, he's the, he's the leader of the ceremony, he does the tandis, you know, he brings forth, we usually have four main prayers, the first one is a permiso, you know, you ask permission, permission to be on the land, you know, when I first arrived here, when I first arrived at Katari Center, the first thing I did was my hand on the ground, I thank the creator and I thank the spirits of this land, 
they're allowing me to pass through because I'm not from this part of Peru, you know, and, and so to, to just be here, to touch the ground and to just say thank you for having me and ask permission to be here, you know, it's a big thing, you know, and then we, we should close the ceremonies up um, when we ask the butterflies to drink the sacred water. So that's a Wiradita style, you know, then they have, you have uh, a lot of like NAC, Native American church, ceremonies. Uh, that's a lot more focused, a lot more strict. You know, you're inside, and it's a lot more intense. You know, people don't play around in these kind of ways. You know, this, the Widarika feels a little more like, a little more liberated. We dance around the fire sometimes, we do deer dance. But these other TP ceremonies are very, very strict. The people passing the boards around, drumming. It's mostly vocal, almost 100%, like very native. You know, not, not too many uh, European or Chicano people there. Um, and so I, I've done a couple of CP ceremonies, which is very different and, and very intense. And I also learned a lot. I mean, if you're on your knees, you don't sit in chairs. You know, you're on your knees the whole time, sometimes up to 12 hours. You're, you're not, you're not, uh, we have a midnight water. We have a morning water. Wow. Midnight water is uh, because of uh, eagles. Eagles get up in the middle of the night to drink water. Okay. So that's what the midnight water represents. That's what I was taught, right? Because I'm sure there's a lot more. You know, so if I'm a puppy, Speaking it up in the wrong way, I apologize to any listeners. They're like, nah, 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 any. <laughs> but, um, I'm still learning. Um, I'm still learning a lot. It's transformed my life path in a really good way. Um, I've learned a lot of, uh, I, 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 it's helped me a lot in how I communicate and how I speak and understanding the power of our words. It's like uh, there's a symbol in, uh, in the Tanapo Wali Pot. It's a flint knife. You know, and it's one, of my, it's one of my favorite symbols because the flint knife. It represents your your word, you know, and uh, as you can see it in the tongue, uh, in the center of the calendar that, that, that a lot of people call like the, the sunstone. It has a lot of names, but in the center of it, people say it's the sun. Other people say it's the earth. Whichever way you want to take it, the thing that's coming out of the mouth is the tekpat. The tekpat is a flint knife. So with a flint knife, you can create a spark to spark fire and create this illumination, this, this essence, this influential light. But it's also a weapon. It cuts you, you stab so you. The so tongue can be a, tongue weapon, be a weapon or, or a medicine. Or a medicine. You know, it could heal people. You could see somebody having a really messed up day and you could give them a couple little words of compassion and understanding and it's completely t- turn that energy okay i'm gonna around. have to get that tattooed up yeah 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 it's one of my favorites to tattoo because because of that and like because it's such a reminder for people to be careful with their words because sometimes here we make those cuts man we can't take them back you know those cuts those cuts leave scars and they, those scars you know you, you could leave people with certain traumas that that, that they could never bounce back from you know and that's and that's important and vice versa you can give somebody some powerful medicine that they spread to other people too so just with our words and with the way that we move in our energy and even our silence at times you know silence is super powerful too you know sometimes you know sometimes silence speaks volumes too you know so um i, I like that you know and, I, and i've been learning uh, to be very intentional with my words and the way that i speak and the way that i carry my energy through these ceremonies so all my teachers all the people that have brought me in and have taken trust in me and being like not a, of those specific cultures, but have welcomed me and, and, and allowed me to carry that medicine and teaching, taught me songs that I can sing in the morning to the creator or that I can sing to other my friends or people that are going through a hard time or even share with other people. You know, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful way of life. And, and I, I, you know, I'm so thankful that it came into, into my path and it's, and, and it's part of, you know, the big picture of my artwork. Beautiful. Well, I'm excited to uh, hear you sing a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited to sing. I'm so excited to sing. Tomorrow during the Temascal, which is a North American uh, ceremony. Yeah. I'm so excited. So now you're about to do an ayahuasca's uh, retreat, so three different ceremonies. Uh, how are you feeling about it? Like, I'm I am. Uh, I'm super excited. I've, at this point in my life, I've, I've, I feel very good about my path. I feel... Uh, I'm carrying what I've been given in a really good way, what I've been taught in a good way. I'm a little nervous because um, peyote is like a very rooted medicine, so it kind of brings me down to earth, and which I think I need because I'm kind of all over the place sometimes. And Aya shoots me up, you know, and it's interesting because peyote is like a root, you know. It's like they sometimes say that you need to eat the root to get to the root of the problem, not even just the bud, of the, not even the button of the actual root. Okay. And Aya is a vine that grows upwards, so it's like kind of like the masculine and feminine, so... Sometimes, like, abuelito, siempre te, te, te como abraza, te, te cuida, you know, sit on my lap, you know, and then, and then 
Mama Aya is like, bang, you know, she gives you that slap, that, that sh- she's been in the past maybe it's because of where i was at you know i've had i've only drank aya like three times in my life and the first time being really young and the second time the last time i was already doing the ceremony so i knew how to sit up a little better but still having these super intense outer body experiences and throwing up shitting and throwing up again and going out full set like this you know it's like it can get kind of you know curling up and crying and it, 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 it puts you through the ringer but it always when the sun comes up always in the morning you feel so good and so cleansed and so pure that i, I I'm, I'm ready for it you know and right. I, just, I just hope uh being here you know where she comes from where that spirit is from um, I just hope that I, I just really have no expectations, and I hope that she welcomes me with open arms and or teaches me what I need to be taught. And I and I have full faith in that, and I and I'm excited, and I'm so so happy that I get to sit with you, and your birthday's coming up. So I, I feel good, you know. I feel really excited, and I'm happy, and I'm, I'm full of life, and I'm I'm just really I'm just really ready to see, I'm sure it'll be, see what happens, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be very healing. And uh, you had told me that uh, this last year was a difficult year for you, as for so many, so many of us have been going new, new changes huh? new, new beginnings so. well it's that almost that flint knife almost cutting out the bullshit yeah, yeah. In the blessings um i want to ask you was it difficult being a tattoo artist during COVID time seeing that tattoo artists you got to be so close and open up skins and fluids and yes How and no it? um i actually was praying to have some time at my home because i travel so much so it was, it was actually kind of uh, i mean no offense to everybody you know you know um the creator like bless all the souls that that did not survive this change and this cleanse um you know i, I know a lot of people that lost dear people dear loved ones and friends and family and, and and that really hurts a lot um for me uh first and foremost i want to acknowledge that and and and, and, and let those people know that have lost people that like my heart is with you and they're lost. And I, I know, I hope that those people are still, um, you know, living with you in spirit and, and becoming bigger angels and guides for the people that have lost people. So my heart does go out to you. As for me, um, being, uh, being that I, I, I didn't need it to slow down and I needed to regroup and spend some time and, uh, at home. And I had really good company. That's in San Diego, uh, right? Yeah, in San Diego, and and so it was it was, it was nice. I got to do a lot of painting. Um, I got to I got to I actually finished. That was part of like working on the book project. That I, I got to finally put in a, a cap on that, which which I never get a chance to really work on the computer when I'm constantly on the road tattooing and being in such demand to tattoo. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a blessing in disguise in a way. You know, I needed. I think I think the and then the and then the earth too. You know, the planet got the chance to breathe. You know, I was seeing pictures of all these natural habitats that started flourishing with new life. So I think that I think that Pachamama was crying and she needed the chance to kind of to kind of you know to, just to breathe a little, to have a little break. You know, from all the, the the pollution that we put out, all the cars, the planes, and the hustle and bustle. And and people also needed to to remember what's important, you know, to to, to take it back to the root, to take it back to their families, and to and to really like call loved ones and like make sure that they're okay. And I think that's something that we should constantly do. And maybe even in a ceremonial way, the the earth needs to start learning how to take those pauses and how to regroup and kind of kind of uh, you know like have a there's a time where we when we come out like you know winter time has always been like a very internal. You know, kind of, uh, you do the internal work. Yeah, introspective. You kind of, like, group in, hibernate, you know, start planning. And then once the spring comes, you know, deer dance, we start planting those seeds. You know, we start putting in the prayers of what we want. And then, you know, summertime comes, those, those beautiful flowers come to bloom. Are you optimistic about the future? Are you optimistic there will be a new spring, a new summer always. for humanity? Always, 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 always. You have to be. You have to, you, you know, like... Um, yeah, things get hard, you know, and, and we have to be here for each other and show up for each other when things are hard. But we also have to remember that life is beautiful and every day that we have is a gift, you know, and the creator can take it away like that, you know. So, so it's, it's, always, it's, always, it's always good to count your blessings and, and always stay, you know, and, and if you feel like things are getting bad, that's when we got to start going harder. Now, that's when we got to start pushing harder and start bringing more light because there is a lot of darkness out there. We have to see... As we're speaking, the sun comes out. 
My brother, thank you so much for yeah. Thank you so much for this awesome talk. You had said so many great things. Uh, I didn't even have to do much work. I just let you uh, roll. <laughs> I talk a lot, man. Uh, I talk a lot. It. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much, Chimu, for being here. I'm excited yeah. for our week together. Me too. And thank you so much, you guys, the viewers, for tuning in to another week of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. Please press like. Please, please comment and tell us what you thought. Please share this. Let more Even people. the negativity. You could give me the hate, too. I, I, you know, I'll embrace it. I, 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 you know, whatever. You know, you, you want to be hate? We learn from each other in reflection. And uh, I just want more people to learn all these beautiful artists that I'm sharing with you and to keep this project rolling. So thank you so much. And I'll see you next week. Blessings. On our next episode, we will have Judea Star. And I just kind of said to him, real matter-of-factly, like, look, dude, you're dead. You know, this isn't really helping. I know you want to see your friends, but, you know, I don't know exactly what's on the other side, but my understanding of it is that time doesn't exist. So if you were to just go back to God, flash of a blink of an eye, you'll be with your friends and everybody you loved again. And I, and I saw him kind of take that in and he understood it and then I saw him kind of shrink down into this orb and then bloop 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 and went off into the sky and I told them the story and then the guy says do you know where you're at and I was like no and he said this beach is called Polihale which means house of the dead so make sure to subscribe like and everything else big thanks and see you next week peace